This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello, welcome to another episode of It's Not All Rainbows. I'm your host, Lindsay Goodman. I'm a certified trauma recovery coach, and I'm also a survivor of abuse in a queer relationship. I'm here to help you figure out what's really going on in your relationship to help get you out and on the road to recovery. Today, I'm going to talk about being two years no contact. It is um, almost that time. I am going to record this right now and bump it up in the queue because I already have several really awesome podcast episodes. I mean, important podcast episodes. None of this is awesome um, in the queue, but I'm going to bump this up because I just realized that I am on the cusp of that time. Um, so what I did was I listened to the episode that I recorded last year when I went one year, no contact. And that was just like such a huge deal, which if you've gone no contact, you know, like at first every day is a huge deal. Then every week, then every month. And then eventually some people stop thinking about it so much and some people continue to because it is a huge deal. No matter what you decide to do or how it feels for you or how it pops up for you is totally fine. Um, but I have been making content lately about how it has been or how it was two years ago at this time with the post-separation abuse. I've been sharing more about how my abuser was using Pip, my dog is a pawn. Um, and all of that stuff. So I am going to touch on this. I feel like it's really important. Um, and I wanted to invite all of you or some of you, at least whoever would see it in time to ask me some questions for me to respond to, because that's what I did in last year's episode. Um, so we're going to go ahead and do that. I do have some really good questions right here. Um, I'm sure there'll be some good ones that I miss, but I want to get this recorded and I want to get up for next week so that you all can process wherever you're at in your journey of going no contact. Um, before I dive in, let's do the struggles and successes for this week. The struggle is huge. It is huge right now. And it's the childcare thing. Again, this is a big one for me. And I know if you don't have kids, I'm sorry, but basically long story short, I planned, um, I got invited to go to, um, a, an interpreter workshop, a trilingual interpreter workshop. I am like, there aren't that many ASL interpreters in the United States, like in the grand scheme of careers, there's like interpreter shortages everywhere. And then there are even less who know three languages. And that's not me bragging. I'm just like, I really want to go to this thing because it's like such an opportunity for me. Right. And it's in Boise, Idaho. It's one of my favorite places. I used to live there. I get to see my interpreters that I used to work with, like my, my people, the deaf people I used to see. And so I booked this trip. And my son's dad changed careers and he was supposed to be home. And then now he's not home. So really quickly, I had to, we had to book a ticket for my son to go. We asked some friends to take care of him. Super last minute. It's going to be a really long day, but luckily my son is friends with their kids. It was going to work out. And now they're sick. Like the whole family is just like out for the count and we are leaving tomorrow. So you'll probably never know the results of this because will I record an episode about this? Um, after the fact and let you know how it goes and like remember to talk about this again I don't know but this is just like the the struggle of being a single parent and um, having another parent who is around but is constantly you know things are always changing 
obviously like my friends couldn't plan to be sick, but it was such a scramble to figure out if there was anyone else that I still knew in the Boise area that had someone that I felt comfortable with, um, leaving my child with while I could go to this workshop or if I was going to have to cancel and do it from home. And that is just like the reality for so many single moms or even moms who are trying to have a career while their partner has a career that's more the priority. And that's just how it is. Like, doesn't matter what your career is, what the other person's career is. They can both be very important. I'm not sitting here saying like, oh, you have this little hobby where you're like, you sell things now and then or like whatever. I'm saying like, my career is very important and yours could be too. But for some reason, there's like often this expectation that I'm going to do hetero relationships here because I have a child with a man, even though I'm queer, like his relationship or his um, job has always been like, it's like, that's the important job right? Like you're, you're just going to work or you're going to do whatever. You're not thinking about it. And as single mom slash the primary parent, um, we're just constantly juggling balls and dropping balls and trying to figure out another way to do it. And so that has just been a huge struggle, but the success is so far the plane leaves tomorrow. It seems like we're still going. It seems like it's going to work out. I think it is going to be a lot of like touch and go, see how this works. Um, but we're going to go to Boise anyway. Um, I might have to do some of the workshops from like a hotel room or something. We're just going to see how it goes. So wish me luck, even though, like I said, I might not update you all on this, just depending on when I record. Okay. I know that was a lot. Thank you for listening. It's been such a real struggle. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and start answering these. I'm going to try to answer like the easy ones first, and then we'll circle to the ones that, um, need a bit more. Congrats coming up on one year in November. That's awesome. If you're coming up on a milestone, congrats. I'm really proud of you. Like I said, it is always a big deal. Do they still reach out to you and try to get you back in the cycle? No, not anymore. It's been since April of 2022 that they like obviously physically reached out to me. Um, was it hard to block them on everything? Um, almost six months from contact. I'm proud of myself. I'm proud of you too. Um, it was not hard at all to block them on social media very quickly though. That was the first thing I did. Um, possibly even before I left the state, like when I left our house, um, uh, but before I left the state, I blocked them on social media cause I knew that I needed a safe place to be able to post and not have them like stalking me and looking at everything there. Although I have no idea if they still looked or not with different accounts or like Google or whatever. Cause obviously my accounts were public. Um, but I struggled to block them on email and, um, text slash call because one, I didn't know you could block someone on email. I don't even like, it's just like not something that you like really think about. Like you, we all know you can block people on social media, but it took me a long time. And I had a lot of excuses. Like at first, um, they still lived in the house. They still had my dogs. They had all my stuff. So I was kind of like, well, I kind of need to know where they are, like what they're doing because they have my dog and like, I need to know like if they're reaching out to me because X, Y, Z. And I really didn't, I really didn't need to know. I needed to get my dogs back. Um, and that was about it. All my stuff. I really didn't care if they kept it or didn't keep it for a while. They were reaching out to me. Like, do you want this or that in our house? When are you going to come home? I need to know when you're going to come home. Um, I'm just going to keep like, just like almost once a week, like, Oh, just so you know, the internet's not working anymore, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I was like, I was in England and I just was like, uh, but if I would have blocked them sooner on that stuff, like I didn't need to know any of that. I never responded. Ignoring is not the same as being no contact and, and removing their contact from you. So if I could do it over, I would have done that quicker. 
Um, but that was the struggle. And like, I had excuses for it and probably you do too, because that's kind of just how our brains work. It's really unfortunate. I wish it was easier to just be like, boom, done. Um, and some people do, but you really do have to work up to it. Like a lot of people have to mentally get to that because if you're not ready, there's a chance that you'll backpedal and you'll unblock them. And if you unblock them once, they will probably assume that you'll do it again and they'll keep trying and they'll keep waiting. And yeah, if you, if you, you know, that book, if you give a mouse a, if you give a mouse a muffin or if you give them, I think it's if you give a mouse a cookie and then if you give a moose a muffin and we have, if you give a dog a donut too. So all of those books where it's like, if you give them that one, you haven't blocked them yet. Or if you unblock them, they're just going to take more and more and more because they know that you're wishy-washy. They know that you're not sure yet. Um, and they're going to keep trying. You still have mutual friends that you talk to. Um, no, not at all. Anybody who stayed in touch with them, um, I did check if you still follow them on Instagram, I just blocked you. Um, anyone who would even see them, someone who went to the gym with them, someone who, um, who just knew them in town, I just blocked everybody because I needed to have like the space and the freedom and like, um, the safe space like on social media or just like knowing those people weren't going to reach out to me or like weren't going to be watching what I was doing eventually I like unblocked a lot of them and they look at they look at my accounts um I can see them looking at my new TikTok account um just like people from the gym and stuff I'm like I don't care anymore it's not my problem I also know they probably don't have contact with my abuser because my abuser was just using them as pawns when I first left so it doesn't bother me at all um and I, I didn't unblock them so I was like maybe they'll come because the biggest thing about having those mutuals is that you don't want, like, if your abuser is going to look like, again, my social media is private. So if they're looking at what I'm doing, that's their problem. I can't control it unless I go fully private. But even then, who knows if they already follow me, I don't have to go through all this stuff. Um, but like, in terms of other people, um, I 100% know there's not anyone who would reach out to me and be like, hey, did you know this? You know, this is going on. Um, yeah, definitely not. Um, Ram questions. No contact as in a restraining order. So to clarify, when we go no contact, it could mean you actually went legally, you got a restraining order, you have like a no contact order. I know there's different terms for that in different countries and different states where they are legally not supposed to reach out to you at all and there can be repercussions, although a lot of times there aren't. Um, I had a restraining order against someone when I was 18 and they just made up fake accounts and contacted me and emailed me and did all that stuff and there were no repercussions. I also didn't have anyone helping me out. Um, who could have been like, ah, we need to report this, this whatever. Um, but for me, I just went no contact as in blocking them, pretty much blocking everyone who knows them, um, just removing all of their access to me. Um, and so that's, when we say no contact, typically we mean just like, you know, you're not checking their social media. You don't have those mutual connections if you can help it. Um, you're not receiving messages from them. You're not reaching out, all of that stuff. How they try to reach out? When did they stop trying to reach out? I think I already said this, but April of 2022, they drove past me and they sent me a message. So it's been over a, about a year and a half. Um, I did run into them in a coffee shop um, this spring um, and they just looked at me with like really shocked face and left. Um, so no worries there. Um, did they continue to keep tabs on you, stalk you either on their own or by using friends to do so? And if so, how do you cope with that? Um, I 
don't know if they stalk me. I don't know if they look at my social media. Um, I haven't seen anything like that. Um, the only social media that I like know and see what people are looking at is my, my new TikTok because it's like a baby one. I don't check who sees my stories on Instagram or anything. Cause it's like 500 to 2000 views. Um, and I'm not going to scroll through that. I used to, when I first left, because I was really scared. I was like, who's watching me? Who's giving them information? It took me a while to stop doing that. I would check views on my website and it really was, that's that rumination when we leave and it was fear and it was that CPTSD and I don't do that anymore, but because like TikTok will be like, you have eight new views. I'll be like, oh, who's looking? Oh, someone from high school. Cool. Whatever. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if they look, um, I do know that they did pay me a visit because, um, there's no one else who could have done it. This might turn out to be a long story, but when I was in Spain, um, someone started, um, someone reported my new TikTok that I just mentioned, um, got it taken down for like 24 hours. And like, there's no one else in the entire world who would be offended by me posting videos of me being happy and traveling with my son. Um, and there, these are like some things that I like thought maybe were, I would have thought would have been random or just like some weirdo on the internet. Um, but because it happened all like within like two or three weeks, it's pretty obvious. Someone tried to hack, someone tried to hack into my, uh, podcast, which if they had, they probably would have just like deleted it all because it's about them. Um, well, you know, I'm talking about what I experienced with them. Um, tried to hack into my Zigman coaching Instagram and then they paid a visit to my car. They broke into my car. Um, I think it might've been unlocked. So it was like, I don't know for sure. Um, but they didn't take any of the valuables. So that's kind of how I know that, like it wasn't a person who was looking for valuables. Right. So it wasn't a random person on the street. Like, Oh, is there anything in it? the stuff that's valuable is still in here. It's not actually valuable, but like if you were doing a grab, you would grab those things. Um, they keyed my car. There's like a, a mark across the front over here, like really big. Um, and they took my dog's ashes that were in the center console and put them in the driveway, like set them in the driveway so that when my son's dad, pulled in he saw them and was like that's weird and I know it was them because when I first left they um had been threatening me to come back home and when I did finally go over and talk to them like my son was at school because I refused to let my son see them after they like tried to kidnap him essentially um I went over there and they walked out of the house with the ashes in their hand and they were like if you didn't come home you're gonna dump it I was gonna dump this and I just didn't react I just took them and I put them in my center console and they're not in here anymore uh, but they were in here for like a good year and a half um, because I just like, I just, I couldn't bring them inside. I felt like they were safer in my car, which obviously they weren't. Even though I was like living in a completely different house, there was like something in my brain that was preventing me from bringing them back into the house. I was like, they're safer in here with me. I just like, no one's going to take them or whatever. Um, all that like side note, um, like it's not my dog, right? It's just her ashes. I don't have to have them. Like I keep them in my room. I keep Lucy's ashes in my room. Um, and when my abuser was like, I was going to dump these, of course I was internally shocked. Like my jaw internally was on the floor because I was like, what a sick person. But I also like outwardly didn't respond at all. or react. I just like took the ashes quietly and like put them in my car because I knew that they were trying to they, what they try to do is like, what's going to hurt you? They had threatened to throw my, you know, to trash my plants, to destroy them, to throw all my stuff in the yard. They were going to sue me for a pip. And that was just a part of it. They didn't write that out, but they walked out of the house with the ashes and were like, I was going to dump these. And so they're going to try to 
you know, when you're leaving, figure out how to hurt you. You know, that's hoovering. They're going to try to get you like where it hurts. They're going to try to lure you back in by threatening you, all that stuff. But I just didn't respond. But that's how I know that they have at least, and I, I fully believe that it's because they looked at my TikTok and saw that I was happy and knew that I was gone. Um, and probably came when my son's dad wasn't home either. And was like, I'm just going to go to town. Um, we do have cameras at our house, so it's pretty ballsy to try to lurk around my house. It is, um, well, anyway, um, how to continue to cope as realizations hit, like you can't get closure on stuff that comes up after the fact, best practices for dealing with that. Right. You can't get closure after the fact. A lot of times when you're in it, you can't get closure during the fact either. These people will not give you closure. And a lot of times I'll say, and you'll hear people say the closure is the treatment of you. Um, and for me, it is the closure is the way they treated you. Um, really allowing yourself to accept the way they treated you, um, versus like, not like it's easy, but you have to shift from being stuck in the rumination and the questions and was this real and did I make this up and am I crazy to being like, this actually did happen to me. I was experiencing abuse. They were gaslighting me. They were physically abusing me. They were emotionally abusing me. They were financially abusing me. Like this is part of my story. This is unfortunate. This did happen. So accepting it as reality, I feel like is closure. And then also, you know, healing from it um, understanding it, understanding why people are like that, why they do that, uh, why they do those things and what it does to us, all kinds of things like that, I believe can help you with closure. Um, and I actually would love to do a whole podcast episode on that. Now that I'm thinking about it, I feel like we could hash this out a little bit more, but since I'm trying to get to these questions, we're gonna, we're gonna move on from that one. Um, how do other family members react and do you have to expand the no contact circle if and when they give you a hard time? Um, I don't have any contact with their family at all. Um, so I, I don't know if you're talking about like when you go no contact with a family member. I don't have that. I, I temporarily went no contact with a close family member of mine um, just because I needed space to heal some of my trauma so that I could interact with that person better and like meet them where they're at and not be triggered by how they talk to me and how they talk to my son and things like that it worked it helped we're not best friends but we are we interact again which is good for my larger family circle because it was kind of an issue for a while um so you do not have to expand the no contact circle at all i know people who have been pressured by family and ended up just cutting out the rest of the family um because there was no support there was no healthy like if so let's say you cut out a sibling if you have a healthy parent or at least a trying to be healthy parent, they're going to probably be devastated, but they're going to also understand that you're a human, that you have boundaries, that there's some trauma here, that there's some triggers happening, that you need time to work through it. And they're going to try to find a way to support the both of you without causing drama. If you have an unhealthy family that doesn't understand boundaries and things like that, um, they're going to pressure you. They're going to like, you're the black sheep. You're the bad one. You're the one who's causing all the drama, blah, blah, blah. There's no support for you. There's no healing in that. So you absolutely do not have to expand your circle if you have to shrink your circle. And then maybe later as you're healing, you can decide how much you'll tolerate the toxic, you know, unhealthy um, people and interactions in your life because they're family. Like some people will circle back and be like, okay, well now I feel like I can handle and I can set those boundaries and I can pull back when I need to. And 
I won't be as triggered by it because I've, I've done a lot of healing for myself. I understand why my parent or my sibling is like this. It's unfortunate. They're not going to change. So you can expand and contract your circle at that time. But for me, when it comes to healing, especially when you're fresh out, it's always better to shrink your circle than to allow people in the circle. Like I said, I had family members, I had other friends that maybe were semi-harmless, but the way that they spoke to me, the way that they approached me, um, like the feedback they would give me, stuff like that, I couldn't do it. And those friends, I never circled back to, but with that family member, I did circle back when I was feeling a lot better. The healing has to happen and it has to be, it, you need to have a safe space. You need to have a calm nervous system to be able to work through that stuff. And so if there's someone who's in your day-to-day life or week-to-week life who's triggering you, you need time to heal that trigger. You need time to work on that and be like, okay, this is why I'm having that trigger. This is why this bothers me. This person's going to keep doing it. They're not going to change. All right, let me work on this trigger so that if I ever want that person back in my life, I'll be able to handle it. And I'll just be able to be like, they're hitting that trigger for me. And I still feel it, but I understand what's going on versus like that knee jerk, like fight or flight. Oh my gosh, I have to fight with you or I'm going to run away or whatever. Um, I hope that helps. When you are no contact, but others try to tell you about that person's life, like you want to know, set a boundary. Um, I had someone ask me about this recently. I also had some people at first telling me stuff and you have to eventually say, Hey, I know, like, I know you think that I need to know this and you think it's like, it's like drama, right? It's like, I don't need to hear any of this. Um, I don't want to know anything. Like if I had to tell one friend, like if you see them in town, just don't tell me, I don't need to know where they are. I don't need to know what they look like. I don't need to know if they were alone or what they were doing. I don't need any of that information. They do not exist to me. And I need to feel like they don't exist anymore. Um, because it's just going to, again, it's going to hold you back. It's almost like you're, you are in contact with them because through third parties, you're still getting information. Um, and if that person doesn't respect that, you got to go no contact with that person, at least temporarily. You got to take a step back, block them. If they're just like relentless and just like, well, I saw them, well, they did this, well, I saw it's on their social media. Um, and another thing is, if they're talking to that person, like it's one thing that like a friend would be like, I saw them in town with someone or I saw them, whatever. And then you're like, Hey, I don't need to know because they're just like, they know that that's your ex. And they're just like surprised to see them out or whatever. That's one thing. But if it's someone who's in communication with them, hanging out with them, maybe they're like a third party flying monkey type thing going on. You got to block them. You have to go in no contact with that person because that person is harming you through their actions by continuing to deliver you information about the person who was abusing you. Does the constant comparison of last year at this time stop? I'm one year out and I'm hoping those thoughts come up less. Any tips for unexpected? Okay. Hold on. Um, I think it does. Um, I, I think for me, like there were some, there were some like anniversary type things that were like low key. Like maybe I was like, Oh, Oh, wow. Yeah. Two years ago at this time, we had already broken up. Cool. Um, and a lot of it comes up for me because I have social media that's popping up, reminding me like TikTok will be like one year ago today, two years ago. So then I'll be like, Oh yeah. Okay. Around this time. All right. I'm going to repost this or I'm going to, you know, so I'm, I'm kind of asking for reminders of it because I'm continuing to make content and, and, you know, put myself around it and things like that. Um, I did just make a whole podcast episode about trauma versaries, which now that I think about it, it's going to come out after this one because I'm bumping this up to the top of the queue. So keep an eye out for that one because I talk about like 
feeling funky when those times come around and how even if we're not consciously like two years ago on this day or five years ago on this day, our bodies can kind of store that information and know that that's what's going on and it can be really rough. Um, the hope and like we can't always control this. And like I said, I'm going to talk about it in the next podcast episode is like maybe two, three years, you don't really think about it. And then five, you know, year five or like really big milestones, five years, 10 years, 15, whatever, it feels heavier. That's how it was with my dad's death. Like there have been years that it's just like, mm, but there are years that it's big and it's bad. And it's hard. And it's like 20 years. Um, a death of your parent is not the same as an abusive person. Like you're never going to forget that your dad passed away when you were 13. And we're never going to forget that we were abused, but we do hope that oh, same thing with triggers. We hope that it sort of like calms down and maybe doesn't pop up as much and stuff like that. So I'm going through it at the same time as you are. Like I'm two years, no contact this week. Um, and so I will continue to share at least for a while, my journey and the things that have been hard for me and the things that have been easier for me, um, knowing that we're not going to be the same. We can't compare, um, you know what? We can't always control what our bodies and brains do, but there is so much hope um, for decreasing all this darkness, and there's so much hope for, you know, being able to live our lives without being haunted by these things. Um, any tips for unexpected bouts of grief or grief in general? I tend to be dismissive about the loss I went through because it was for the better, but it bubbles out when I'm not expecting it. Yeah, I think, um, same. I don't really grieve like for the abuser, but I grieve for myself, my son, my dog, my friends, my family, um, the loss of like life and freedom and autonomy and mental health and physical health and adventure and, you know, precious moments with my baby who's already, you know, almost six and all of that stuff. And, and sometimes like right now, um, uh, like I've been in this for a couple of weeks now, which, because this is the two year, like season of extreme trauma and trying to get away and all that stuff, post-separation abuse, trying to get my dogs back. Um, I've been in a funk and I've had trouble eating. Um, and I've been sharing a little bit on, on Instagram, like some of my like things that have helped me, like certain kinds of snacks and meal prepping ahead of time and having healthy food that I actually enjoy. And um, I treated myself to Jamaican food, which I love. Um, I spent three months in Jamaica 12 years ago um, and went and sat on the beach and I ate it all up because I just knew I was like, you know, I have no appetite. I don't feel like cooking. I was like, well, at least you'll eat tonight and it'll be good. So um, just giving yourself grace and working through it. And this goes for across the board. Give yourself grace. Give yourself compassion. Um, give yourself the same compassion that you would give to someone else um, if they were in this situation. I know it's hard because we've been told we're bad. We've been told we're dumb. We've been told all of these things. And we believe it for a while when this stuff comes out. I mean, comes. we believe it for a while when we go through this kind of stuff. So another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app find a location near you at bank of talk to us what would you like the power to do Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, that was a lot of questions. I'm like 10 minutes almost over my time. I'm going to check really quick if anyone else added any before I go. I don't think so. I think we're good. Um, So I'm going to leave it at that. Um, there's one more question, but I think that's going to be for a whole other episode. Um, I'm going to leave it at that. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you for asking your questions. Um, this is definitely one of those things that I did want to include you all in because I know a lot of you are curious about what it can look like. And, and a lot of you are curious about my life and how it went because I'm out here talking about it publicly and, um, and yeah, we're healing together. We're going through this together, no matter where you're at in your journey. I'm here so that we can be together and do this together, even though it's really yucky and none of us want to be doing this. So again, thank you for your questions. Thank you for listening. I know this was a little bit of a longer episode. Um, two years, no contact. It doesn't feel as huge as like one year, no contact. I was like, Oh my God, like this was huge. This really stood out to me. It was such a huge achievement because when I was leaving, I did not think I'd get to that day. Right. I did not believe in myself. I did. I was like, you have no choice. You have to do this, but it just didn't seem like it could actually happen. And I could actually get away and they would actually leave me alone for at least a while. Like I said, they did visit my car. Um, so you just never know when they're going to pop up, unfortunately, but like we're doing well. Um, I will say that like the, the happy, like checking off, like new freedoms and doing new things and all that stuff has worn off for me. And I do think that that's part of my funk as well is that I'm now like, well, this is my life now. This is my new normal. This is how I am now for, for now, like I'm continuing to get better, but the like newness and all that stuff has worn off. So now I'm like, Hmm. Okay. So anyway, thank you for listening. Um, if you are trying to go no contact, you're struggling to go no contact to stay no contact, You need some guidance on how to go no contact, how to stay no contact, why you should go no contact, um, all of that stuff or anything else, whatever you're struggling with. I've even had people, you know, it doesn't have to be a romantic relationship, which by the way, it's not a romantic relationship. That's a horrible way to describe what we go through when it's a quote unquote partner. It's nothing romantic about it. Um, even the love bombing is abused. It could be from work. It could be a sibling. It could be anything like that. And I also am very passionate about helping out with childhood trauma stuff, because once you get through all of this, we have to start digging through some other stuff too. And that's what I've been doing. And I'm so happy to help guide you through that kind of stuff too. Um, And I am equipped and ready for that. So you can always find me on my social media, Lindsay Gibbon Coaching. Um, You can also go to my website, lindsaygibbon.com. You can go straight to Calendly if you want to go ahead and book with me. I have 30-minute, 60-minute sessions. I have a six-week program so that we can kind of walk through it together. And I do have monthly coaching, group coaching. Um, That's at Calendly.com slash Lindsay Goodman. If you like this podcast, if you're watching on YouTube, please rate, review, subscribe. I want to get this into the ears of the people who need this the most. And your interactions, sharing, all that stuff really does make that happen. And I super, super appreciate it. 
Um, this was kind of yucky. Also, hopefully, a little bit hopeful for you. So please go do something nice for yourself. Go drink some water. I'll be back next week with more.